0: Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Well, good morning. I don't think that I'm talking to anybody who is mixed up about this, but I just want to... As we studied our very last month of the 10 i just want to be sure that we all understand that the words really separation of church and state are not included in our founding documents in reality the first amendment does have two religious clauses in one sentence the sentence is congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof so if we wanted to say it in our terms we would say Congress can't make a law that respects any certain establishment of religion or establishes a government religion we really can't Congress has no right to establish a government religion or to prohibit the free exercise of any person's religion That's really, if we were just going to say it in regular lay terms, that's what it would be, but it's pretty easy to understand in the words in which Congress, the First Amendment actually stated it. I'm going to read it again. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So really, we have an establishment clause and we have an exercise clause. And the words separation of church and state are conspicuously Absent well, you say where did those words come from? Well, they came from a letter that Thomas Jefferson Wrote in January of 1802 and the Danbury Baptists at that time were worried about the government Setting up a church and making people worship in a prescribed manner in government the Danbury Baptist Association. And here's what they, um, kind of the plea that they made to Thomas Jefferson. Our sentiments are uniformly on the side of religious liberty. That religion is at all times and places a matter between God and individuals. That no man ought to suffer in name, person, or effects on account of his religious opinions that the legitimate power of civil government extends no further than to punish the man who works ill to his neighbor obviously here those Baptists were concerned that a religious majority might establish a state religion and then the religion of those religious minorities the freedoms of those religious minorities would be taken away so here is thomas jefferson's answer and this is where we find the words separation of church and state not in any government document but in a private letter written by thomas jefferson he said this i contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole american people which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof he's quoting the the clause the establishment clause and the free exercise clause that we just spoke about so he says i contemplate with sovereign reverence that clause those two clauses actually thus building a wall of separation between church and state That wall of separation between church and state, obviously, in that context, was just a recognition that the government would not endorse or back any single religious group to the detriment of other Christian groups. The use of that phrase today bears no relation to what President Jefferson meant when he penned those words in the year 1802. You know, we could go on and explain a lot of the historical context of both the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause. We could explain the historical concept in 1802 when Thomas Jefferson wrote in a private letter the phrase separation of church and state. I believe it's probably a fact that most Americans assume that the words separation of church and state are somewhere in the founding documents they just are not they're not First Amendment words and so as we think about this it's just very important no matter what we come up with in specifics about how government can fund religious practices or not fund religious practices whether or not mottos that say in god we trust can stay on our buildings whether or not um, the pledge of allegiance itself can continue to contain the words one nation under god there's just a, a host of cases and pleas that have been made in various at various levels of the courts of our land the judicial systems of our land and all the way up to the supreme court And there are lots of different um, judgments that have come down and in fact some of those judgments are very muddled and seem to contradict other judgments even from the same courts what I just want to say is that we should be very clear that we know the words of the First Amendment in relationship to religion we need to know those words and we need to need to know that it does not include The words separation of church and state that those words actually came From a private letter written by Thomas Jefferson. It's important that we know that because we do want to protect our liberties to Exercise Freedom in practicing religion. We we want that liberty to stay a basic foundational part of our american liberties and it's important that we know this so that we will understand that there never really was included in our free establishment clause the words separation of church and state and some people are taking the free establishment clause today to mean freedom from religion rather than freedom of religion And understanding that those words separation of church and state are not in our founding documents is just very important. We'll have a little bit more on this probably in the next Digibit, but I hope you have a great day.